real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. If you haven't already, be sure to grab your free copy of my first two books, Frugalpreneur and Authorpreneur, by going to thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash free. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John. And today we have an author and certified business coach and Ramsey personality. She is the creator of Business Boutique, which helps women make money doing what they love. Welcome to the program, Christy Wright. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this, Sarah. <laughs> I have been so excited about this interview. I've been following you for a little while. I first found out about you from my husband, actually. He got me your book, Business yeah. Boutique, as a surprise one time. I think it was while we were in uh, Financial Peace from Dave uh-huh. Ramsey. And so I guess he had signed up for something. I don't know. And he was notified about your book or found it on the website or something. And so <laughs> one day he's like, hey, I ordered you something, uh, but I can't tell you what it is. It's a surprise. And then when it came, he surprised me with it. I'm like, oh, this is like the perfect book. Because I've been an entrepreneur for probably about a decade. I have several online businesses. And so that book was kind of around that time. And so I was like, oh, this is perfect. Well, good. I'm so glad it helped. It's amazing how so many people get into business and they kind of make it up as they go and they, you know, fly by the seat of their pants, which is what entrepreneurs are great at, but then they don't actually set a plan. And so what's been cool about the the book and the podcast and the different things we're doing is we, we create this plan. We set this foundational plan for you. And you'd think, oh, you only need that if you're just getting started or you only need that if you're a beginner. I'm like, no, we have women that have been in business for five, 10, 15 years that don't know some of this stuff that haven't planned out, thought out through this stuff. And then it really takes their business to the next level just because they did some of that foundational work. And so it's never too late to set that foundation, especially with a new season, you know, looking forward. So that's, that's cool to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started, why you got interested in business and then helping women? Yeah, it's interesting because I think, you know, one of the things I've noticed in my life is that I'll go through seasons in my life or have experiences. And you think at the time that that season is in vain, that it has no purpose. And what's interesting is where I am now, and I'm certainly not finished. There's things I'll know when I'm, you know, in 20 years that I don't know now, but I look back and I see how I believe God was weaving together different pieces of my story for something that I'm doing today. None of those, those seasons were in vain, even though maybe they felt like they were at the time or, you know, it felt like an accident or whatever. And so when I look back and I see, okay, I was raised by a single mom who ran a business and I grew up literally in the business with her as most of my childhood. And then, well, I was interested in business myself. So I went on to pursue degrees in business. Well, then after that, I became a certified business coach. You're starting to see a pattern here, business, business, business. And then I started my own side business when I was 23 to help you know pay my bills. And then now being a part of Dave Ramsey's team for the last decade, we really saw a need in the marketplace where millions, truly millions of of women, you know, all men and women getting into business, but I specifically had a heart for women getting into business that were very capable, very talented, very skilled, very smart, but they didn't know the business side of things. And they immediately felt unqualified. Like, well, maybe I can't do this because I'm not business minded or I don't have my MBA. And I thought, well, man, I'm good at that. I know business. I can come alongside them and 
and make it super easy to understand and super easy to apply to their life. And, and so it was really for me identifying how does my story play into what I'm supposed to do? How does, how do my skills and strengths as a teacher, as a speaker, as a business coach play into what I'm supposed to do? How, how does that intersect the need in the marketplace and the goals of our company for succession for the future. And you start to look at the the intersection of all these things. And that's really kind of how Business Boutique was birthed five years ago. And it's been really cool to see how it's evolved. And it really has met a felt need. And then for me, it feels like what I'm doing, I'm doing what I was made to do. It feels very easy for me. It doesn't feel like work doesn't feel like work. I mean, it's not that I don't work hard and it's not hard, but it's something I'm I'm naturally good at because I'm using what I know. And and it's easy to undervalue that, Sarah. I think a lot of people do that. You know, they think, well, if it's easy for me, it's ever easy for everyone else. So it must not have any value. I couldn't make a business out of it. I couldn't charge for it. And that's simply untrue. What's easy for you is really hard for someone else. And what's amazing or, or what's obvious to you is amazing to someone else. And so I help women understand the value of what does come easy to them and how they could use that to help people that it's not as easy for through a business. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what was the, if you're okay with discussing yeah. it, what was your first side business when you were 23? <laughs> Horse boarding. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I had always had a dream to live on a farm and a 40 acre farm came up for rent uh, near the YMCA that I worked at. I was working like 80 hours a week. So I needed to stay close to work right in the middle of this neighborhood. And it's crazy because normally you'd think, oh, I have to live way far out in the county to have land. But the way that this farm sat, it was surrounded in a horseshoe by the Harpeth River and it was a floodplain. Well, because it was a floodplain, it could never be developed. So it literally sits in the middle of a neighborhood. Like it's this beautiful neighborhood and then this 40 acre farm. And so I was two miles from my work and then, you know, two miles from a Publix. Like I was just right there in the middle of everything, but got to live on land. And when I went to the property to see it, you know, I was 23. I wasn't making any money. I was working all these crazy hours at a nonprofit. I thought, well, I can't afford to live here. It was $1,500 a month. That was three times what I was paying with roommates in my house that I had been, you know, sharing with them. And I thought, how am I going to afford this? Well, it had an 11 stall barn. And I was like, I'll board horses. I'd never boarded horses. I'd never cared for horses other than like, you know, at my aunts, I'd go ride, but that was it. So I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And that's what I love about people that are wired as entrepreneurs, they don't have to have all the experience. They don't even have to have a book or a how-to manual. They're like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm just going to figure it out. So I did. I just figured it out and boarded horses there for a couple of years that did exactly what I wanted it to do. It helped me pay my rent. And, and I think that's an important principle in the side business world specifically, that your side business doesn't have to be your dream job. It doesn't have to be your forever job. It, it could be something that serves a very specific purpose. Right now, for example, Sarah, there are people that are furloughed. There are people that are out of jobs. Unemployment is just hitting new levels. There are people that maybe are going to start a side business or home-based business or small business to just make some money to survive. And that's okay. That's okay. If, if you start a landscaping business tomorrow to provide for your family for the next three months during the summer, that's an awesome success because it it did what you wanted it to do. And so I don't have a dream to have horses forever, but it, it allowed me to live on this farm for a couple years and pay my bills. And it was awesome. So I just think there's a lot of freedom in life to define what your version of success is. And you have permission to change your mind and everything doesn't have to be forever. It can be for a season. And so, yeah, I bordered horses and it was an awesome learning experience, a lot of hard work, but it did what I wanted to do. I got to live on a farm and it was awesome. Wow. That is, that's really cool. And you mentioned a good point about right now with people being furloughed or laid off or fired or whatever, that people are maybe coming up with businesses 
to do during this time. But I think it's going to be interesting how many stick with their business and decide right. to to keep their what they thought was their side hustle or whatever, right. keep it as their main thing and just all the opportunities and things that are going to be thought of and produced like who knows maybe new software will come out because like apple and amazon all these types of big companies even they started in a garage as i understand it so it's like you just never know what could come out of this yeah and it's interesting too because i think there will be businesses that come out of this that were a result of solving a problem they just were in survival mode that type of thing but you're also seeing existing businesses trying different things during this time to survive and to stay open doing things they never would have done otherwise, and they'll keep those innovations. For example, you've seen there have been hundreds, if not thousands of churches that have streamed online services because they had to, because they could not meet in person. They never would have done online church before. And now they're like, oh my gosh, you mean our Sunday service reached 35,000 people and we have a membership of 200? Yeah, we'll keep doing this. It's like, it's by forcing our arm during this time to try something new, to think outside the box, to get incredibly creative, we're uncovering things we would have never uncovered otherwise. And some of those things are good things. Some of those things are even better things than how we were doing it before. And we'll stick with them, but we wouldn't have known that had we not been forced to try. It's really going to be very interesting, like you said. Yeah, it's it's good that you brought up the church thing because my own church has experienced that. So we didn't have like live streaming, all that stuff. But through this whole COVID thing, it is reaching thousands upon thousands of people and touching people and then making decisions and things like that. So that's, that's awesome how it's being used. A pandemic is never a good thing, but I think God can turn bad things into good things. That's right. Yeah. So I've seen that a lot lately. Yeah. So you said you started at Dave Ramsey at Ramsey Solutions like a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And then Business Boutique has been about five years now. So then when you started at Dave Ramsey, what was your position there? I was a project manager. So when I was working for the YMCA, I was the aquatic director and then the district aquatic director over three different centers here in Nashville. And when I was really feeling God calling me to work somewhere else and do something different, I was super burned out of working crazy nonprofit hours, which anybody in nonprofit knows how can wear you down, even if you love it. And I really felt God calling me to to work somewhere else. And I I remember standing on my deck one day, and I know this sounds crazy, Sarah, but this is just my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I was sitting on my deck one day, and I was praying, and I was like, God, I just don't feel like I'm ever going to find a company I believe in as much as the YMCA. I love that we change lives. Like, we truly do work that matters. And I felt God say, you're going to work for Dave Ramsey. Like, those are the words that came into my head. You're going to work for Dave Ramsey. And I was like, who is Dave Ramsey? I didn't know who it was there. I had to walk over to my computer, type in Dave, Google Dave Ramsey, and it said based in Nashville. I was like, well, that's fantastic. I don't even have to move. And so I applied for a position as a um, project manager. And so I was brought in to manage all of our products in the youth and teen department. So Bible studies, piggy banks, kids books, that type of thing. And that's what I did for about, well, I did it for the first several years, but about six months in, I started speaking for our company, which is a separate crazy story. And so I did kind of that dual role for about four years before that role turned into full-time Ramsey personality, which was speaker, author. And then out of that came the business boutique. So I was really doing the speak. I've been speaking since 2010, but it wasn't an official full-time speaking. I was kind of speaking on the side in addition to project management, doing all these things. We're a much smaller company then, you know, where everybody kind of wore m- multiple hats. 
And it wasn't until 2014 that I became a full-time Ramsey personality. And then in 15 is when we did the event. The business boutique has become like a brand in and of itself. You have the book, the podcast, the academy, the live event. Do you have other things kind of in the works? So we have the planner that we've done the last two years and we have a couple courses. So business idea bootcamp, that's my course where I help people come up with their business idea. They're like, I want to do something, but I don't know what. So I'll walk them through finding their best business idea. And then I have a separate course on social media. It's called Social Media Simplified. And it really just kind of makes it more accessible, people that are overwhelmed by social media. And so those are kind of the different ways. We have a lot of different resources at different price points. And we have things that are free. You know, at businessboutique.com, we've got articles. The podcast is obviously free. Tons of free downloads and tools and templates. So I really just want to make sure that people are getting the help they need because so often in business, it's easy to get intimidated. And what I tell people all the time is you don't, it doesn't mean that you're not cut out for business. You just need what anybody needs, which is a little bit of help. And so we try to provide that help in lots of different ways to help people overcome that fear and intimidation of business so that they go, they can go do that thing they love to do. And what tips or advice would you have for people, but women in particular, looking to start a business or maybe expand their current business? And I know you probably go over that in the quick start business plan and then your other your course, the Business Idea Bootcamp. But is there anything you can share with us some tips? For helping someone get started, you said? Getting started or maybe they already have a business, but just expanding their business. Yeah. So I would say one of the most important and overlooked steps is to identify your specific goal. So this would be kind of like what we were talking about earlier. I had a horse boarding business and the goal was to pay my bills and it did that. So what, what happens is a lot of times we, we have this thing we love to do. Like I love to sew and now maybe I'm going to make kids clothes and now maybe I'm going to sell those. And, and we just kind of wander aimlessly. And we don't know if we're doing a good job and we don't know if we're happy and fulfilled in doing it because we don't have any sense of progress or gauging that we're moving in the right direction. So you don't have to have a 10-year plan. None of us have a 10-year plan, most likely, and your plan's going to change even if you do. But I do want you to begin with the end in mind. So whether you're beginning a business or beginning this next season of your business, begin to think, what does this look like for me? What do I want my business to do? What, what, when, you, when I say I want to expand my business, okay, how? by team members, by locations, by platforms, by amount of customers, by amount of revenue. There's so many different ways to measure expansion, but we don't, we don't think that granular. We just think, you know, in this kind of dream world, this, Oh, I I just want bigger. I want more. Well, what do you want? I don't know. Just more. If if you can nail down what you want, if you can nail down what your goal is, and I'll I'll walk your listeners through this kind of framework really quickly of what actually makes a goal. A goal is specific it's measurable, and it has a time limit. People make New Year's resolutions all the time. And they're like, I want to make more money. That's not a goal. It's it's specific. You want more money, but not by how much. It's not measurable. We don't know how much more is. Uh, we don't have a time limit on it. So so you're going to go all year and not know if you, if you did that or not. And you could apply that to any, I want to grow my business. Okay. Let's turn that idea. That's an idea. That's a wish. That's a dream. Let's take that idea. I want to grow my business and turn it into a goal. Okay, ask yourself how. How do you want to grow? By Facebook fans, by revenue, by customers, you know, fill in the blank, email subscribers. So how do you want to grow? Once you define that, you've got the specific quality. I want to grow by my social media presence. Okay, cool. By how much? This is where it becomes measurable. So how much do you want to grow? I want to grow my social media presence by 50%. Awesome. Now it's specific, it's measurable, and then all we need to do is add a time limit. Okay, when do you want to do that by? By the end of the year. 
So I, I want to grow my business is an idea that we've turned into a goal. And the goal is I want to grow my business by, I want to grow my social media platform of my business by 50% by the end of 2020. Okay. That is a goal. That's a goal we can break down into monthly goals, weekly goals. We can figure out what we're aiming at. We can keep track of our progress along the way. And, and at the end of the year, we'll know if we hit it or not. And so as simple as that is, whether it's for your business as a whole, or it's for this next season, this next month's budget, this next specific product, Hey, I'm going to launch this product. Okay. What's your goal for that product? What do you want it to do? How are you going to measure success of that product? And, and I think that one of the things like my academy is my coaching group. And we were just talking about that, this actually. One of the things I'm walking them through is surviving this pandemic in their business. Many of them are closed down. And so while normally in business, we like to think long-term, big vision, strategically. I was like, everything going on right now is counterintuitive. I want you to think short-term. I want you to think three months. What do you need to do for three months to keep the lights on? What do you need to do for three months to stay in business? And so we're, we're setting this three-month goal, which may be you know, adapted and assessed two months in as, we, as the world changes and we figure out what we're able to do. But, but right now, we're going to figure out what, what are we going to do for the next three months? What does success look like? And so if you, if you don't ever define your finish line, you'll never cross it. And so as simple as that is, begin with the end in mind and think through that on a larger level for your business or just for a new product or for this month. And I think that can really give people direction. I love how Zig Ziglar says, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. And so I want to help people aim for something. Yeah, that's good because I think we're all just used to being so vague. Like, I want to make more money. Well, if if you're vague like that, it's not going to happen. Because right. well, first of all, you don't even know if it's happened. Because right. like you said, you need to be specific and measurable. Um, you had mentioned the academy. Can you go over that, what that consists of and how you help through the academy? Yeah. So um, really, this is my, I used to do one-on-one coaching and that just doesn't scale. And so just like I help our members, I help, you know, my, my audience, I'm like, if you want to scale your business, you can do it in a couple different ways. So you can, let's say that you are in a service-based business and you are doing one-on-one coaching, one-on-one fitness coaching, one-on-one anything. Well, you only have so many hours in a day. And so if you're doing one-on-one, you're in this dollar per hour treadmill. So you can grow, again, growth and expansion, you can grow by raising your prices and you just keep raising your prices, but you only still have 30 clients in a week or whatever that is, fill in the blank with whatever your hours allow. You can grow by raising your prices to where you just become a very high price coach or consultant or whatever, but you keep the same amount of customers. Another way that you could grow is you could certify and train other coaches, other consultants. Okay. And then, then you have your clients and then they have their clients and then that's one way to grow. But now you're leading a team. You're responsible for their certification. You're responsible for their quality of of your brand and your reputation. So you need to think through, do I want to lead a team? Do I want other people coaching on my behalf under my company? And then a third way to do it is to do groups to where you just scale yourself and you begin to speak to the masses and you get out of the the weeds of the one-on-one, but you help more people. And you could keep, you can really let the price kind of fluctuate whatever there. The price is probably going to be on the lower end because it's larger amounts of people, larger quantity, but you're not responsible for other coaches and that type of thing. And so when I started to look at my personal values, my personal heart behind Business Boutique is to help as many people as possible. And so while I could take the strategy of we're just going to charge a ton of money for a very few people, I don't want to do that because at the end of the day, I've helped 30 people and I want to help thousands of people. And so the Academy is my coaching group. We have like 3,200 members right now and I train them through video training lessons. And then I coach them in live sessions where I 
answer questions and walk with them for six months period. So for like six months at a time, you know, we walk together. And so we only open once a season. So we just opened in spring. So I've kind of got my spring group I'm walking with now, and then we'll open again in the fall at some point. But it's just, it's, it's, we are doing what I teach businesses I work with to do, which you have to figure out how you want to grow because there's a lot of ways to grow. Some will make you happy and some will not based on what you want and your strengths, your desires, your values, your version of success. And so, and it's funny because I actually had a consultant tell me one time how I need to do things differently and you could have a really high price point. And at the end of the day, you're still only helping this many people. I don't, it actually ended up being more money. And I was like, I don't, but I don't want to help just this many people. I want to help us. And so you need to build your business in a way that reflects your values. Mm -hmm. You want to have a business you like if that's the whole fun of being in business. So you get to make it look like what you want it to be and something that you're proud of, you know, something that reflects your heart and your personality and values. So um, making sure that as you define these goals and this version of success and your metrics and how you grow, make sure that it is the avenue that's true to you, the avenue that aligns with your values. Cause you could grow a lot of ways that won't make you happy. Make sure you're choosing one that actually makes you happy that you're proud of. And so with the Academy, so it's just a six month thing. Then it's not like a monthly membership type of site. It's more of a, you pay for six months in advance and then mm-hmm. you renew at the end of six months. So I have okay. people that have been with me for years, but every we only open twice a year. Okay. And so there's probably some kind of evergreen content on there. A lot of the training lessons, the evergreen topics you're talking about, there's over 200 mm-hmm. video lessons in the video training library. So even if they just went through those, it's more than enough to keep them busy for six months. But right. then they also, I do live live coaching sessions where I kind of give them real-time feedback. So for example, I did a coaching series about a week ago specifically on coronavirus because obviously I didn't have that in my video training library, you know, for them because we didn't know this was coming. So that's kind of real-time relevant coaching. Okay. Yeah. And it's really affordable too, like $244 for six months. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. We want to make it as accessible as possible to help as many people as possible. Right. Yeah. And my whole concept with this podcast, and then I have a book as well, is frugalpreneur. So someone who wants to build a business, but on a budget. So I think, Uh you know, and a lot of that is education initially. And so I think that's Uh great that y'all are affordable. And then of course, even just your book, I mean, or your podcast, there's plenty of free and low cost ways to to learn. (laughs) Right, exactly. And then you have a live event as well, October 22nd through the 24th, the Business Boutique Conference. Now, I guess it's probably too early to say, but I guess the plan is that that's still going to happen. Is that correct? As of now, yeah, (laughs) we're rolling forward, hoping that it is. Yeah, I hope so, because I'm planning to go to that. I don't have my ticket yet. I'm kind of waiting this corona thing. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. (laughs) A lot of people are, I'm sure. Yeah. Have you seen that with sales? I think so. Yeah, I think it scared everybody. Everybody having to cancel all their travel has um, definitely had a ripple effect, even for fall things, because there's just so much unknown, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other day, uh, my husband was telling me that Oktoberfest in in Germany has been canceled, and I'm like, that's like six months from now. That's all the way. Yeah, that's all the way in October. He's like, well, actually, it's in September. And I'm like, well, they should call it Septemberfest then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, I wouldn't have known that. I, I definitely plan to go. The lineup looks really good this year, especially Pat Flynn. I'm excited about. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's spoken with us before, and he's so smart. He's so good. <laughs> Let's see. And then on your website, you also have some free tools like the Quick Start business plan and the profit potential calculator. Can you tell us a little bit about those? 
Yeah. So the quick start business plan is just a free resource download that just helps people kind of get that plan we talked about, get it started. Uh, and then the profit potential, just what it is, is it's a calculator and it allows you to plug in the numbers of your business and show what you could potentially make. And so you just put in some of the basics of like, you know, how many units you would sell or how many hours you work or what you're charging. And then it shows you what your profitability is. It's a really easy tool to use, but can be really great to see it kind of in one quick snapshot there. And then as far as when someone actually starts a business, what is the best way to get the word out? I mean, of course, there's social media, but yeah, it depends on the business, honestly, um, because different things are going to be more effective than others. For example, if you do, let's say you have some type of online business, and you've got a, a subscription model, or you've got online courses, that type of thing, then one of the most effective ways to do that would be through email marketing. That's one of the highest converting forms of marketing, it converts much higher than social media, much higher than other types of marketing, specifically online. So email marketing can be really effective for that. But also webinars can be a really effective way to to teach someone something valuable. So let's say that you've got an online course, well, you do a webinar that kind of goes, you know, a little maybe maybe 20% deep on the topic, and then you pitch at the end of your course, that would then go all the way to kind of the ground level that covers everything on that topic. Well, the people that are showing up for the webinar are interested in that topic. So they're warm leads, they're qualified leads, they get value from their webinar. So you've proven yourself trustworthy, you've built trust as people buy from those they know, like and trust. So people then trust you. And then it's a very natural thing to make an offer at the end. Like if you want more on this, I have a course on this that goes so 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 webinars, email marketing for online business that can be really helpful Um, for service based businesses, your sweet spot are referrals period. There's nothing in the world that is as effective as referrals. If you think about who cuts your hair, watches your kids, teaches your kids piano, cleans your house, does your landscaping, mows your lawn, fill in the blank, doesn't matter. It's someone that was referred to you. Oh, you've got to go see my girl that does great highlights. Oh, you've got to have my child's piano teacher. They're the best. Oh, you've got to have so-and-so come watch your kids. She's so fun, does all these kid activities. It's referrals. So service-based businesses are sweet spots of referrals. We refer products, but we don't refer them as passionately as we do people because we have connection and relationship with people. And so what's great about this in the service-based business is your job then, after you get a few clients, you know, the first few are the hardest, but after you get a few, which you can start with your, start with your personal email list, your family and friends. Hey guys, I'm doing this. Help me out. You know, let me know if you got someone that might be interested in XYZ that I'm doing. And then activate your clients to refer for you. So, hey, get 20% off your next haircut when you refer a friend. Hey, get, you know, get this or that free or this or that bonus when you refer a friend and you get them talking for you. That is the most valuable, high return on your investment type of marketing, most effective type of marketing is referral-based business. In fact, Sarah, when I started doing research to get into this business world of starting business boutique, trying to understand my target market, I did phone calls, surveys, focus groups. I did everything to understand what they struggled with. And every single service-based business I talked to had the same exact experience of building their business, every single one. And they said this, I didn't get 50 clients in a neighborhood. I just got one. And that one told all their friends. So now I walk dogs for everyone in this neighborhood. Now I do handyman work for everyone in this neighborhood. Now I, you know, do prom hair photos for everyone in this neighborhood. I do newborn photos for everyone in this friend group. You don't have to get 50. You just need to get one. One, preferably that's a talker <laughs> that tells their friends and that will build your entire business. So it de- as a long answer to your question, it depends on the type of business as far as mm-hmm. what is most effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Because usually people will say, yeah, social media, this, that, and the other, Facebook ads, whatever. But yeah, m- most people don't 
talk about referral marketing. So that's awesome. Out of curiosity, the people that are in your academy, I imagine they run the gamut as far as what their businesses are. I'm kind of curious what some of them are, what some of the most interesting or unique ones are. I mean, we've got everything from product-based, service-based, online-based, multi-level marketing, nonprofit. We've got everything from professional industries, so architects, dentists, that type of thing. We've got a lot of coaches, consultants, bloggers, people in ministry, people that want to be a speaker, tons of salons, lots of product-based businesses, so clothes, boutique, accessories, that type of thing. We do have a lot of people that are closed down during this time. So you've got things that are like horseback riding businesses, ice skating businesses, that type of thing. So there's just, there's a wide variety. And some of them are so interesting, like interior uh, design staging for real estate, you know, really niche things. And yeah, it's really, it's really, it's just fascinating to see what types of things they're, they're doing, you know. So no horse boarding, but horseback riding. We've got horse boarding too. (laughs) Oh, okay. You would think that horseback riding would be okay though, right now. Because you're not really around other people. It's not an essential business. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and depends on your state too, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're in Nashville. So I imagine there's a lot of horse related businesses there. Probably a little bit more south than in the counties than in actual Nashville. But yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of farms. So when someone starts a business, what is the one thing or the first thing that they need to focus on as far as a presence or getting followers? Probably a website and an email list probably are the two basics, would you say? So I would back up more than that. So instead of jumping, instead of jumping into how can I get exposure or how can I, whatever, there's, there's a more foundational question that I think they need to ask themselves that will inform that. And a lot of people miss this. Again, they start out with, I just want to sew these dresses or I just want to, you know, whatever the thing is. You need to know what problem you solve through your business. And that's true for anything. Podcast needs to solve a problem. Courses need to solve a problem. Hairstylists, salons, horseback riding, you need to solve a problem. Because so many people miss this vital piece of information in their business. And because they miss that, they miss every other thing that that piece of information informs. So let me give you an example. When you know the problem you solve for your market, you know who your target market is because your target market are people that have that problem. You know your marketing language. What do you talk about on social media? What do you talk about on your website? What do you talk about over a networking event? How you solve that problem. That's all you talk about. And then you even know your value proposition. You know what you're charging for. You know why you're charging. You know your basis for charging because you're charging for solving that problem. And so many people miss this. They think, well, I don't solve a problem. I'm an artist. Well, I don't solve a problem. I'm a speaker. Yes, you do. Now, in some creative industries, in some industries that are more like luxury-based, they're not as necessity, it might take a little bit of digging as to what problem you solve. But you all solve a problem. If you don't, you don't have a business. You don't have a basis for people paying you. You don't have a basis for people following you. You don't have a basis for people listening. Like, you could be a comedian. Well, what problem do they solve? They make people laugh. They give people an escape. That's a problem. People are tired and sad and they just want to laugh, like belly laugh until they cry and their stomach hurts, their their face hurts. That's a problem. But if you don't understand what problem you solve, then you're never going to talk about it. You're going to talk about something else that no one cares about. And they're never going to follow you. They're never going to buy from you. They're never going to tell your friends because they don't understand why they should. 
when you understand the problem you solve, that's all you talk about. And then people understand exactly why they should follow you, exactly why they should buy from you, exactly why they should tell your friends, their friends. And so really, I would say the question is not where to get exposure, Sarah. It's what you're talking about anywhere. So I don't care if you're at a networking event or on social media or which platform, I don't care which one you use. Some, some can be more effective than others, but I would rather you be on a smaller platform saying the right thing than on a huge platform with huge exposure saying the wrong thing because the wrong thing won't convert. The wrong thing won't get customers. The wrong thing won't build relationships. And so it's really important um, to understand how to speak to people in a way that answers the question they are thinking all day, every day, which is why do I care? That's what every human being's brain is wired for survival to think. Why do I care? When you open email, Sarah, your look, your brain is going, why do I care? What's in it for me? If there's nothing, you click out of it, you delete it. We all do. That's that's human nature as we're wired for survival. So we have to speak to that question that people are asking themselves all day, every day. Why do I care? You got to be able to say, you got to be able to speak to this is the problem I solve. This is the way that I help you. This is the way that I can improve your life, make this better, make this go problem go away, you know, whatever that is. And so I think if people can get their messaging right, if they can get their messaging right, then they can be effective about anywhere. You can be effective at a community center talking to some people over a cup of coffee. It's really just the, the getting the messaging right. And I'll give you a great resource for this. Donald Miller is brilliant around messaging. His book, Story Brand, all of his, he's got a podcast, Story Brand podcast. He's got courses, but he helped, he's who has helped me identify how to talk about my business where I can say, I'm equipping women to make money doing what they love. We're equipping women to make money doing what we say it the same way every time we drill it in people's heads so they know what we do. It's not ambiguous. They understand how we help them. We help them make money doing what they love. And so I think for for people to really work on their messaging, that can be transformative for their business. And then they can be on social media, on their website. They can get exposure in a variety of different ways, but they're saying the right thing and they're going to see much better results. That, yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> so basically need to have a tagline of some sort to, that kind of defines you and your business. Just a short like one liner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but even if it's in a long form on your website, it mm-hmm. just needs to stay. It needs to speak to the right things. People are not buying what you do. They're not buying your products. They're not buying your services. They're not buying your widgets. They're not buying your features. They're buying the results. Mm -hmm. That's what they're buying. That's what they care about. So that's what you need to talk about. And people make that mistake, Sarah. You go to their website and they're like, and we have this and this and this and A and B and C and A is shiny and B is gold. And and nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares. They care what it's going to do for them. Mm -hmm. People are not buying a product or service. They're buying an identity. They're buying an experience. They're buying a feeling. They're buying a result. Speak to that. And another fascinating thing that could be helpful for your listeners as they're thinking through this is our brain makes decisions based on feelings, not on facts. The area of our brain responsible for decision-making has no capacity for language. That means that you can give them all the facts in the world and they just still don't feel right about it. So we don't speak to the facts in our marketing. We don't speak to the bulleted list of pros and cons and features and benefits because people don't make decisions based on that. They will later justify their decision based on that. Later, after they've already decided to buy, they'll be like, oh yeah, well, I bought it because of A, B, C, D, D, and it does E, F, G, and so on. That's not what makes a decision though. The area of your brain that makes decision has no capacity for language. It's purely emotional. So your job in your marketing is to connect with people on how they feel, on the experience, on the result. I could tell you, hey, in the academy, you get 200 video lessons and 16 downloads and you get monthly coaching. I can tell you all that. 
That's not what's going to make the decision. What's going to make the decision is I'm going to give you the confidence you need to build your business. I'm going to get, I'm going to walk with you step by step and be that advocate in your corner to answer your questions and help you get to where you want to be to your version of success. It's that it's the result it's the results that people care about. It's the results that people buy. And so it, it's just so important to speak to those things, whether it's in a one sentence form or if it's in a paragraph form, a full brochure, it doesn't matter. People people care about the result. I feel like I'm getting a one-on-one consultation right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for you, Sarah. I'm here for you. Man, well, I appreciate your time. Is there anything else that you wanted to go over or touch on? No, this is great. Thanks so much for having me. This has been fun. Well, people can find you at businessboutique.com, which by the way, I love the alliteration of that. I'm mm, I'm all I love a good alliteration. <laughs> Sometimes I joke that that's why I married my husband so that my last name could start with an S. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And then I'll also have show notes at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash Christy. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been an honor. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed and found value from this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you rate, review, subscribe, and share at ratethispodcast.com forward slash frugalpreneur. Until next time. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack. Connect with fellow listeners. Share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.